0: Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson writing this. The data tell us growth and inflation are slowing directionally and the Fed will be easing this year as a result. Under such conditions, quality growth outperforms. When in doubt, it pays to go with the highest probability winner. In this case, it's high quality growth. Mike, I'm pleased to say joins us now for more. Mike, it's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys. Good morning. Fantastic to have you with us around the table. We'll get to stocks in a second. I want to talk about the outlook. A convictionless Outlook was a theme in a recent note of yours how convictionless <laughs> are things right now
2: uh, well look, we just we spend time with clients all the time that's what we do for, for a living and I would just say that you know we had this big rally after you know the, the pivot and I would say it started with the treasury squeeze when they said they were going to issue less coupons so it was really a duration rally that then fed into a stock rally. And so now we're, you know, valuations are stretched again and people are looking around going, okay, what's next? What's the next catalyst? I think there's gonna be a couple things that will will we'll determine the direction. Number one, what is the, how much deceleration do we get, okay? What is the, it, you know, we'll come back to this banking uh, question. I think that's like, to me, that issue is it's not a systemic issue. What it is is it's a, it's a weight on growth, on credit growth, okay? Like the regional banking system is just not lending at the same rate that they were because they're constrained. And that's been our view all along, which means, quality stocks will continue to do better. right? The the, the companies that are reliant on that kind of funding are gonna continue to see uh, that's a paperweight for them. And I think that's the main takeaway from the banking situation. And then of course, new themes will evolve. Last year was about two main themes, right? It was about GLPs and AI. So can those two themes continue to drive all, you know, the stock market? Yeah, to some degree, but it's probably going to morph a bit and then there'll be new themes. And I think that's what, that's what investors are looking for now, looking for new themes to kind of latch onto in a world that's going to remain macro uncertain, is the way I would say. Can you identify any themes right now? Well, I mean, I think the AI theme is the one instead of enablers, we're going to adopters, right? So that's, that's probably the biggest theme we have as a firm. The GLP one is sort of positive and negative, as we've seen, and that's, so that's a great thing for long-short investors. And then I'm I'm wondering if we're going to get some growth out of the international markets finally. You know, international, you know, economies have not really recovered from the pandemic yet, for the most part. And, and I think that's a wild card. So if that were to happen, that could be a, that could be a great thing for EM. It could be a theme for uh, things that are levered more to global growth as opposed to just the U.S., which has really been the only engine of growth.
3: Since you say that you fly around and you talk with clients, I was just noticing some of your recent travels. You were recently in Miami.
2: Yes.
3: I imagine you getting a lot of points, by the way. <laughs> uh, you talked about the AI stock saying, I think it's the Magnificent Four now, and <laughs> it's related to earnings. Who are the Magnificent Four? Who gets dropped?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, we're not talking about specific names, but I think it's obvious. People have been talking about this, too. I'm not the only one, right? We're seeing, you know, you can, you can identify which stocks have fallen off. But what we look at is earnings, okay? And I would say there's a magnificent one, quite frankly, that has real top-line acceleration growth. Everybody knows what it is. And then the other ones are, are a bit more cost-cutting stories. It rides with and, NVIDIA. Yeah, and my sense, <laughs> is, my sense is that what we're going to see here is a broadening out in quality growth. So in other words, when we do our screens on quality growth, only 27% of that basket is in IT. Another 10 or 12% is in, you know, comm services. So that leaves another 60 to 70% of the S&P 500 that kind of qualify for that high-quality growth bucket. And that's what should happen. We should broaden out if we have a soft landing that doesn't have other issues. and That's, that's the other thing that we've been really trying to you know, help clients with is give them a framework on the macro. That's what we do. And say so here are the three buckets. Okay, Soft landing with decelerating growth and, and decelerating inflation. That's kind of what we had last year. It's high-quality growth. A soft landing with accelerating growth and maybe stickier inflation, and that's an environment where you can see a broadening out, perhaps to lower quality areas. And then the third scenario is still a hard landing. I mean, we can't eliminate that. And, and I think that's that's going to be how you know that's going to determine how you position your portfolio from a, from a stock standpoint.
3: How do you hedge if you are cautious and there is this uncertainty? Is it energy stocks? Is it more duration-sensitive stocks? I mean, how do you even understand what it means to hedge when you have such bipolar types of outcomes?
2: It's diversification. You got to be diversified. Now, you know, one of the things we talked about at this conference as well, which didn't make the headlines, is this idea that we finally have very attractive real rates and nominal rates to some degree. So, from a portfolio construction standpoint, okay, this is the first time in 15 years where you can actually, bonds actually provide their diversification benefit. And we saw that yesterday, right? Bonds rallied, stocks were down. So, you know, that's, we're very bullish on, we've been bullish on duration since 490 on a 10 year, I mean, so here we are, whatever, it's probably not as good a value, but in the event that this something systemic does happen, there's another shock to the economy, that bond portfolio now is, the, the yields are high enough where they can actually provide some diversification to your equity risk, which means you can take equity risk still up the quality curve okay so it's a diversification between stocks and bonds and then understanding what within the equity market you feel more comfortable with if look if things get better on the economic front and we see better growth then we can go out the risk curve in equities we can take more equity risk as long as we have that duration benefit on the bond
0: side you mentioned that change in theme from AI enablers to adopters where should I be looking for adopters what does that mean what does that look like well
2: it looks more non-tech Right, so who are going to be the early adopters within, you know, the adoption of tech, uh, AI as a cost, uh, you know, benefit, as well as driving new growth? Now, I, you know, we've written about this already. We think it's more of a 25 story. Okay, like the productivity story is really 25. So we're not that bullish on earnings this year relative to the street. Street at like 244 bottoms up, we're 230. That's the typical pattern that will probably come down to R230, but then for next year we have 266. That's 16% growth, and a lot of that's going to be driven by productivity improvements as this is adopted. I don't think this is a second quarter, you know, first, second, third quarter, even fourth quarter. It's going to take a little bit of time. But our analysts, we wrote a report recently, a uh, bottoms-up report, identifying the potential winners in that. And the market will probably start to sniff that out sometime during the year. They're not going to wait all the way until 2025. But that's and it, that, that, that runs the gamut of industries away from tech.
0: Are they labor-intensive
2: industries? It can be. It can be labor-intensive, but it can also be growth drivers. I mean, like if you use AI to, you know, as an effective way of marketing, like as a cheaper way of marketing to get new customers, I mean, we don't know yet. This is, this is what's exciting about it. It's also uncertain. Um, there's also going to be a lot of losers, okay? Now one of the things that, that worries me a little bit about AI in the short term, we've seen a lot of layoffs recently within the tech sector. So, you know, maybe there, maybe these guys are already seeing the benefits and they are able to remove headcount. So, you know, the labor market, I think there's various views on the labor market. I mean, you know, our view is that it's slowing, it's weakening, uh, a lot of government jobs, a lot of uh, healthcare, social worker type jobs, which are somewhat government related. And, and if companies get a fish, this could be an interesting catalyst actually for more layoffs potentially. So it, it, it's, it's going to be uncertain, right?
3: Okay, I just have to ask this because I get messages all the time, you're such a downer, why are you so pessimistic? When you go around and you're talking to different clients, how much pushback do you get to just sort of a more realistic view of the potential risks given that only the rosiest seem to have come to pass?
2: Well, look, I mean, our clients are active managers, right? So they're not worried about the S&P 500. They're trying to find what works. I mean, you know, for all of the headlines we get around the S&P 500, I mean, what we usually talk to clients about are individual sectors and stocks and like what's going to work. And so like last year, we get a you know an F on S&P, but we get probably an A or B on being in the right places in the market. And, you know, that's our job. And then that's and that's what active managers are trying to do. So, you know, you don't have to be super bearish. Super, it's not about being bullish or bearish. It's about being bullish in certain parts of the Market and opportunity, and being cautious or concerned about others, and and look, last year was a was a really great stock picking uh, market. That most stocks, you know, up until October 27th, were had a tough time, and then we had this little rally at the end of the year. And we've been very consistent about this over the last 12 to 18 months, as you guys know. I mean. We don't think the trade is to then you know, go to the lower-quality bucket, okay? to go for the low-quality cyclicals. and like, That's a recession trade. We're not in a recession. You, know, you need a clearing event. That was our call in 2020, Then uh, that worked really, really well. The, 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 don't overthink it. Right? The, you need to buy the, the high-quality growth stocks, and, they, and it's not all MAG7. Right? There, there are other businesses that have those characteristics who are maybe not as appreciated.
0: It's the MAG-4, it's the MAG-1. Lisa making friends, I love how you did that. Do you get the feedback that I get, people hating on you for being gloomy?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. It's okay, I mean honestly, I I, I actually don't think I'm all that gloomy, but sometimes.
0: Not at all, Bramo. not at all. That brand is so unfair, I agree. Mike Wilson, you're gonna stick with us from Morgan Stanley, I'm pleased to say.